Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC, and I don't understand the people that don't get this. It, it's amazing to me that it continues to be a discussion about where he actually belongs in the league right now, and yeah. it's it's absolutely absurd. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is how you hit us up on Greeny Nation today. Should Saquon Barkley be back with the Giants? And is Jerry Jones really letting the fans know who is most at fault by letting that Cowboys story blaming Dak Prescott continue to sit on their website after 15 million impressions. All of these topics on the table for you, but the Jalen Hurts stuff, I I just don't get. Now, Nick Sirianni probably went overboard a little bit the other night when he was comparing him to Michael Jordan, and he did kind of double down on that. He's unlike anybody I've been around just with how much he loves this game. Winning drives him. How much getting better every day drives him. How much you know leading drives him. Like He's special. He is a special dude. That's where really I was coming from with that in the sense of like, man, these guys are they're built different. That's not a head coach who is just saying nice things about his quarterback. Yeah. That's a head coach who is genuinely impressed by one player's drive to be better. And we could, you know, it sounds like a cliche. Look at how the guy has gotten better. They went to the playoffs last year. He went and worked this offseason with Tom House. And all of a sudden, his mechanics are much better. He's a lot more accurate. And he can beat you a lot of different ways. What are we talking about here, guys? That's the part that I'm missing, Carlin. In year one, as a full-time starter, he took his team to the playoffs. And he wasn't a passenger. He was the focal point of that running game. And they were the best running team in all of football in the second half of 2021. This year, Carlin, he quarterbacked them to the best record in the NFL, and they're in the conference championship game. This is his second year as a starter. What people have to work past, Carlin, is the statistics, the traditional metrics, how we measure quarterbacks. Because you can't quantify Jalen Hurts' impact on the Eagles' success sheerly by numbers. Look at how the team plays when he's in the lineup, both sides of the ball. Look at how they play when he's not in the lineup. One of the things that I hate, Carlin, is how we get into this sports hypothetical debate. Oh, Jalen Hurts is not special. If Daniel Jones was on the Philadelphia Eagles, he'd be just as good. You know how I know that that's not true? All you have to do is look at the quarterbacks over the last five years that have been able to have seasons where they account for 30-plus touchdowns and have single-digit turnovers. They ain't but two, Carlin. Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but both of those guys in the last five years got MVPs. And Jalen Hurts was the front-runner to win MVP before he got hurt in Chicago. What was that, week Week 13? Mm-hmm. All I'm simply saying is this. The efficiency with which he's operated at this season, the decision-making – It's nearly unprecedented. So stop trying to compare Jalen Hurts to other quarterbacks around the NFL because he's got a really talented roster. Stop trying to discount what he's done this season. Carlin, this same Philadelphia Eagles team that boat raced the New York Giants on Saturday night, they lost to the New Orleans Saints at home by double digits. By double digits. The Saints are a seven-win team this year. Seven-win team. They lost to them by double digits without Jalen Hurts in that lineup. You, you can't explain it 
besides the fact that Jalen Hurts makes the offense, makes the team go, not the other way around. And look, the Eagles have one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league in Gardner Minshew, and it wasn't close. You can't no. say, no. well, we could put anybody in there because that's what a system quarterback is when you can put somebody in there and make it work. And I've heard that phrase around Jalen Hurts an awful lot. And frankly, it's insulting and it's ignorant. It's just flat-out ignorant. I don't know who else has done this. I know Chris Sims is one guy who's talked about Bart Scott is another one. Bart's you're, another one. Right, your former partner. Yep. Here's what I don't get. How can you sit there and say that Daniel Jones is as good or could be better than Jalen Hurts? Especially, here's how I know. This offseason, we're talking about Daniel Jones getting the non-exclusive franchise tag at $30 million, and the Giants want to limit how long that contract is, three years, maybe four years. We don't want to go to 40. We don't want to go to 35. We're good around 32, something like that. The Eagles and Howie Roseman can't wait to pay Jalen Hurts. And they are going to pay him (laughs) infinitely more than that. (laughs) Infinitely more. You know why? Because Jalen Hurts is an explosive player and a great quarterback, and Daniel Jones is Good to pretty good. And it's not a knock on Daniel Jones to sit there and say he's not Jalen Hurts. Because Dak Prescott isn't anywhere near Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is already a top five quarterback in the league. You're going to tell me right now I got to pick a guy? I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen in a freaking heartbeat. Oh, there's no question about it. Listen, Jalen Hurts is not only the best quarterback in the NFC, Carlin, but I think Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in tier two. He's the third best quarterback in the league. And that's what I was about to say. If we're doing quarterback tiers, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, that's it for tier two. Those guys are in a room by themselves. Then tier three happens, I'm putting Jalen Hurts right there. I don't know all the quarterbacks that are in tier two, you know, the Josh Allens of the world, the Justin Herberts, whatever. Jalen Hurts is that top quarterback in tier two. There's a reason why the guy is all pro. What I don't understand for the life of me, Carlin, is why everybody wants to criticize Jalen Hurts for taking full advantage of the pieces that the organization has put around him. Did anybody criticize Pat Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey around him? No. No. Nobody did. We just appreciated Pat Mahomes' greatness. And what did Pat Mahomes do when you took that guy away from him? He's going to win another. He still continued to play well. He's He's going to win win another another MVP. MVP. All I'm simply saying is, if you look at the trajectory in the development of Jalen Hurts, there is no question who I'd rather have when it comes to Jalen Hurts versus guys like Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott, anybody of that ilk. There is no question. There is no debate. He's a better quarterback. I trust Jalen Hurts now more than I trust Josh Allen. It's not like— I do. I, I, and you should. And it's not like the Eagles went out— and replaced everybody, okay? They brought in A.J. Brown, and that was a big move. Big piece. But they had their offensive line in place, which is the best in football. Yep. They had Miles Sanders already. They had Devontae Smith already. They had Dallas Goddard already. They had all these guys, and Jalen Hurts took a major step from last year to this year, and it's not because of one receiver. It's because he's a dynamic player. Carlin, on passes, think about this. On his touchdown passes, he's got 22 touchdown passes in the regular season, Carlin. The guy averages 31 air yards per touchdown pass. Think about 31 air yards per touchdown pass. That is insane. Look at the second play of the game against the New York Giants. 
a 40-yard dime to Devontae Smith to move the team into plus territory. If there was any doubt about Jalen Hurts' skill set, you should put that off to the side. There should be no more doubt. Here's the other thing, Carlin. If there was any doubt about his intangibles and his toughness, you should put that to the side. The guy is out there with a separated SC joint, and he's playing quarterback. And this is on his throwing shoulder. Can you find a better display of toughness? I mean, maybe Pat Mahomes this past weekend Mm -hmm. with the ankle, but they're right there. And this guy is putting himself in harm's way with design runs because it means that much to him. And you can tell how respected he is in that locker room by how his teammates react on the field when he's there under center. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Now, having said all of that, Nick Mm. Sirianni just still doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Remember last week we were talking about Sirianni? Yep. We watched the game and we ordered Pizza Hut. No offense stuff to the crust. folks. Stuff crust. Stuff crust. Stuff crust. Because he had a hankering for a stuff crust. Yep. No offense to the good people at Pizza Hut. I have been there many times. But there are better choices. This week, Nick Sirianni took a step back. We're also going to need an update on what your food of choice was for the uh, Niners-Cowboys game. Little Caesars this time. Listen, I, I'm not a snob. As you can tell, I welcome all comers when it comes to all kinds of cuisine. Okay. With the exception of seafood because I'm allergic. All right. And because it's healthy. Now, <laughs> you cannot sit there and tell me that you ordered Little Caesars. That is taking a major step back. And I think the reason that he said it was that when he said the Pizza Hut last week, Somebody from the NFL got in somebody's ear at the Eagles organization and said, you know what, uh, while we're going to, you know, give mid-pizzas a pop, maybe we give it to the official sponsor of the NFL Mm. in Little Caesars. Okay. I'll just say this. I don't want to go on a rant. I could go for an hour and a half on the topic. All right. It's not what it needs to be when we're talking about even chain pizzas. I... Domino's, I'm on board. Pizza Hut, I can, any port in the storm. Where are you at with Papa John's? Well, as, aside from their issues of a few years ago. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Although I did, uh, Rutgers did play in the Papa John's Bowl in 2008. Yep. And I did not see a slice all week, and I went on a rant on a radio station. So you felt the way about that? Yeah, I felt the okay. way about it. And then they brought like three pies, but it was during the game. How am I supposed to do the game and eat pizza? You're the play-by-play guy. Yeah. You got something to do. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just, if I was in the desert and there was a Little Caesars and I hadn't eaten in 30 days and I needed something to drink, I'd keep going. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's all I'll say. I've had Little Caesars before, and I'll leave it at, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to look down my nose at people that enjoy Little Caesars. I'm not looking at I remember at once upon a time like that things. I enjoyed the Little Caesars buffet. Yes. Now, I would admit that yes. I may or may not have been sober when this happened. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to turn my nose up at somebody that likes Little Caesars, especially Nick Sirianni. Yeah, listen, I'm not – people do what they're comfortable with. Yeah. All I would say is when you make the smallest decisions in life – 
that tells me about you and what maybe you're going to consider when you're making bigger decisions. So you feel like he's untrustworthy going into the conference championship game because he's gone from Pizza Hut to Little Caesars. Well, remember the other night when he walked down the sideline and yelled at the official, he said I he, know what the blank I'm doing? Not when it comes to his pizza choice. I'd probably question that. Sentence. Wow. Okay. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Why Joe Burrow is getting entirely too much credit for the Bengals' recent postseason success. That's next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We know they're talented in all three phases. It's the same guys playing against each other. So I'm sure both teams will have adjustments that they make and both teams will play hard. And I'm, I mean, these games have been close. So we'll just see, see where it goes uh, come game time. That's Andy Reid. Believe it or not, Andy Reid in a championship game, his Kansas City Chiefs are now a two-point underdog mm. to the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. That is according to Caesars Sportsbook, or as Cam Pratt put it on the screen, Little Caesars Sportsbook. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. There we go. Maybe, just maybe, the Cincinnati Bengals deserve a lot more credit. And I know that Joe Burrow is getting a lot of the credit. Because and deservedly so. Absolutely. He's navigating around an offensive line that's down three of its five starters. He's a joy to watch. Yes. He really is. Yeah. And you have to feel great going into any environment with Joe Burrow as your quarterback about your chances to win now in a big situation. No doubt about it. But keep this in mind. And credit Cam Pratt, who pointed this out this morning. How about the defensive numbers for the Cincinnati Bengals, the last two postseasons, 18 points a game allowed in six games, six and a half second points uh, allowed, six and a half second half points per game allowed in those six games. And Luan Romo, as we know, took over in 2019. Since then, their winning percentage, turnover differential, uh, points per game allowed, and yards allowed have improved. Every single season. The Bengals did a great job 
before last season in free agency, Chris, mm-hmm. when they went out and added Trey Hendrickson and they put themselves in a position to rush the quarterback a lot better. Mm-hmm. Since then, they have continued to get better and better. And that defense, look, it's not one that is going to close the door on you altogether, but it feels like one that is going to make the plays it needs to make to win games. Well, I mean, between last post last year's postseason and this year's postseason, they have 12 turnovers, Carlin. Yep. 10 interceptions, one turnover for a touchdown. That's in six games. Yeah. That's pretty darn That's good. That's pretty damn good. So that lets you know that Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, has done a masterful job at being able to mix and match coverages to confuse opposing quarterbacks, which brings us to the matchup in the conference championship game this year. And we know how Pat Mahomes struggled a little bit last year when he faced off against this defense. You got to think, who's going to end up winning the chess match this time around? Is it going to be Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, or is it going to be Luna Rumo in that defense? Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You are a Super Bowl-winning defensive lineman who played in the league 11 years. Yeah. If you are looking across the ball at a hobbled Patrick Mahomes this week, how are you preparing to take advantage of that? Oh, I'm sending pressure. I'm sending pressure all day long because he can't move. He can't get himself out of harm's way. Now, while he still can use his brain and identify the pressures pre-snap and get his offensive line to slide under protections, he's still going to have to get the ball out hot. And it's still going to allow me as a defender to get some shots on him. And that's what you want to do, Carlin. Hits are cumulative on a quarterback, so you want to wear him down physically and mentally by getting as many free runs, as many shots on him as you possibly can. Now, I anticipate that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are going to try to counter any type of pressure looks by the Bengals' defense by being able to go with some max protects, seven-man protections, putting tight ends and running backs in the backfield in order and chipping on their way out into the pattern. But this is going to be fascinating to see how they go about trying to manage Pat Mahomes' injury and how Lou Anarumo tries to detect that deficiency because you're now talking about taking away a significant portion of Pat Mahomes' game, which is the second reaction off-schedule plays. Right. Having said that, you would believe that the way to take advantage, or not take advantage, the way to manage that injury would be to make it an Isaiah Pacheco game. Yeah. Do you now hand the football off to Pacheco and hope to get him? I'm not saying he's going to get 25 carries, yeah. but more carries than usual. Is he getting 15 to 18 carries in this game? I think he probably is. The, the Bengals are decent against the run. They're not amazing against the run, but you can run the football. I think they gave up somewhere around 107, 106 yards a game this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, but you can run the football on the Cincinnati Bengals, especially when you have the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Bengals' run defense isn't as good as the stats would tell you because they're usually playing with leads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They got Joe Burrow. They got that explosive offense. But I would say this, Carlin, if you're the Chiefs, is this one of those games where you turn it into a rock fight? Is it an Isaiah Pacheco game, stay ahead of the chains, keep Pat Mahomes out of harm's way, and when he – when you have to lean on his greatness in those moments, key conversions, red zone situations, two-minute drill, you do so. I think that's probably the formula for success. But, Carlin, I, it's a hard sell to say going head-to-head against Joe Burrow, you're going to feature your running game more so than number 15. No, I understand that. But what do we like to do above all else on our show? We like to make people money. Exactly. How much did your face light up yesterday? When I told you 
that the over-under in prop bets on Isaiah Pacheco this week in rushing yards was 50 and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm all over that. Exactly. I'm all over that. I'm even all an, over even that. Even an alternate rushing total, over 60 yards rushing for Pacheco mm-hmm. at plus 225. Canty, sign me up. Yeah. I kind of like it. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Pacheco's going to go out there and run for 150 yards. That's not what they do. Yeah. But I have to believe he's going to be a bigger part of this. And Carlin, since week, ten, no, since week nine, Isaiah Pacheco has only been held under 50 yards rushing once. Mm-hmm. Once. And what the carry once. totals in there are not 18 yeah. per game. They're, they're like 10 to 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's something like that. I, yeah. I'll tell you what. You know, just elaborate for a minute on why everybody is marveling at how good he is because we heard it again the other night after the 41-yard run. Yeah, and here's the other thing that I would say when we start talking about this particular matchup. The strength of that Kansas City Chiefs offense is Pat Mahomes, but it's also that offensive line. Mm -hmm. Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown Jr., who's going to get a boatload of money this offseason, those guys are big and physical. Lean on them. Let them lean on that defensive front for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, oh, by the way, you keep the Bengals' offense and Joe Burrow off the field. To me, that makes a whole lot of sense. Why not go that route if you're Andy Reid? Protect your quarterback Mm. by featuring your running game. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Here's a little note. At least for the moment, don't ask Tom Brady about his football future. You're going to hear why next. Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Little bit of, uh, call it breaking news. Sneaky big news. Sneaky, sneaky big news, Carlin. Sneaky big news, I guess you could call it that. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Let's, let's. Call it just that. By the way, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Sneaky Big News. Okay. So this is from Jeff Duncan on Twitter. Jeff Duncan is uh, a columnist for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune down in New Orleans. Latest updates on Sean Payton. He completed his interview with Carolina Monday in Charlotte and will meet with Arizona officials Thursday, as previously reported. His second meeting with Denver has been delayed. And then our own Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider, added to that tweet. Also to add to Jeff Duncan's reporting, I was told there is also a team 
waiting in the wings, watching all of this, and could make a move if they get, quote, their ducks in a row. Mm! Spicy meatball. That is spicy, Colin. Oh. Very, very spicy. I like it. Now, now, now. now, should we be led to believe that that team waiting in the wings could be the Dallas Cowboys after a disappointing loss? Jerry Jones canceling his radio interview this morning mm. in local Dallas radio. I, I just, I, Carlin, we've been saying it all week long. How can you stay status quo with the quarterback and head coach combination and expect a different result? How can you do it? it, If it's not the Cowboys, it certainly should be. Yet, I remain skeptical about that. Okay. And listen, we we know ultimately Jerry wants the credit. And he he has never indicated that he is willing to give that up. And while it's a major problem to not be going to and try to uh, improve your quarterback by hiring a head coach who is a quarterback whisperer in Sean Payton, well, then you're just being short-sighted about your ability to fix your team and potentially win next year. But if it's not Dallas, could it be? It's got to be be out west. It's got to be the Chargers. Are the Chargers looking at and saying, wait a second. Sean Payton's about to take over the Denver Broncos and try to fix what's going on with Russell Wilson. They have a terrific defense already. We're going to let that happen in our own division and stay status quo, basically, uh, because we fired the offensive coordinator, but we're sticking with the head coach. We're going to have a coaching mismatch of Brandon Staley against Sean Payton. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow if you're the Chargers. Not only that, Colin, think about the commitment you're going to have to make to Justin Herbert this offseason with a contract extension. Yeah. You know, the, the, the number is going up. It's, it's starting where Deshaun Watson ended with a $230 million deal. Now, we'll, we don't know what happens with the guaranteed portion of it, but Carlin, that's table stakes for a franchise quarterback. It's a quarter of a billion-dollar commitment. Are you going to entrust that guy to Brandon Staley? I don't know if you can. And then taking it a step further beyond that, Carlin, this is Tom Telesco's 11th season coming up with the L.A. Chargers. Oh. 11th season. Oh. Carlin, in the 10 years that he's been there, they've got three playoff appearances and two playoff wins. It's not good enough. For what's perennially been one of, touted as one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Yeah. That's a Chris, problem right now, Carlin. Listen, if you stay the course with Brandon Staley and it doesn't work out this year – not only are you talking about finding a new head coach in L.A., you're probably talking about finding a new general manager, too. And Telesco knows that. So when you start to look at the tea leaves, think about the canceled second interview with Sean Payton. Well, not canceled, but put Delayed. on hold. The second interview with the Denver Broncos has been put on hold this week. I don't know, Carl. It feels like there could be some momentum back behind moving past Brandon Staley and hiring Sean Payton. Well, what is Brandon Staley's specialty? Defense. The defensive side of the ball. They just gave up a 27 to nothing lead in the postseason. Yeah, but the defense had five takeaways. Yeah. The defense had five takeaways. <laughs> Deep, defense, the, the, defense, the defense did their job. Yeah, but did they? The defense When did you their gave job. it up in a second, yes, the offense needed to pick up a few first downs to win the game. Yeah. But you still gave it up yeah. when it mattered. Fair. And then the other thing I'll say is, 
if Sean Payton interviewing with the Broncos and then having a second interview with the Broncos is what it took for the Spanos family to decide, hey, we need to do something here. This is, this is, not, this is not a situation that is tenable for us when we have enough trouble trying to build a fan base in Los Angeles right now, games are basically road games, and we're going to stick with this nondescript guy who really hasn't done enough and relies too much on numbers when making decisions? No, I got to go get another guy. And I well, you and, just can't and, be you just Chris, can't be you just can't have the third best coach in your division. No, Carlin. and the trend is going all toward having. Offensive coaches as head coaches. Yeah. So, and then the other thing you have to think about, Carlin, look at the conference that you play in. Yeah. It, it, it's not like it's the NFC, it's the AFC. You got to deal with Joe Burrow. You got to deal with Pat Mahomes. You have to deal with Josh Allen. You got to deal with Lamar Jackson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is on the come up. Like, these are all quarterbacks that you're going to have to contend with. At some point, you just can't solely rely on your quarterback to be the difference. Your head coach is going to have to be the difference in some of those games. And right now, Brandon Staley, you can't say that he's the difference in those games in a positive way. And therein lies the rub if you're Tom Telesco in the Spanish Spanos family with the L.A. Chargers. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cam Pratt, our producer, makes an excellent point here. Uh, Diana, in putting out that tweet, again, had in quotes, assuming that team, quote, gets their ducks in a row. Where did Justin Herbert go to college? I'd just like to clear something up. This did not come from me. Jerry, our uh, production whiz over here at ESPN Radio, he's the one who said that. Evan Wilner tweeted it, and I stole it, but still wanted to make sure we got it on the air. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not, not quite as clever as you thought I was. Yeah. Well, okay. Self- mean- selfishly, Carlin, I'm rooting for this to happen. Jim Gray actually had it first. <laughs> wow. Bubba off the top rope. I love it. I love it. Well, that's called a segue. I love it. I love it. So we'll see how that plays out here in the next day or so. In case you missed Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast on SiriusXM last night with uh, noted award-winning journalist and not at all a sycophant Jim Gray, uh, (laughs) Tom did get a little chirpy with uh, Jim, his buddy, last night when he was asked about his future. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, You said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. (laughs) You're scratching. It's only the question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Wow. A little spicy from Tom Brady. Yeah. That could have been a little bit of a bit, too. Well, right? listen, when you sit that down could have been a bit. when you sit down with a hard hitting, award winning journalist, you're going to get the tough questions. It's a, I mean, clearly, it's a little Frost Nixon, clearly. Can, can we have this conversation without you and your little barbs toward Jim Gray? I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Here's the point about Brady, okay? Tom clearly is going to play. He is clearly going to play somewhere else. Everybody in Tampa knows he's going to play somewhere else. You listen to what some of those teammates have said, and you understand that they don't in any way expect him to be back there. Yeah, they felt like Tom Brady's address to the team after the wild card loss was a farewell and he said certain, farewell to the media but that's, in Tampa. That, that's what I was saying. It, it certainly felt like that in the post-game press conference with the media. So it's clear that Tom Brady is moving past 
the Tampa Bay Bucks, and so now begs the question, where does Tom Brady feel like he can set himself up to compete at a high level next year? It doesn't feel like there are that many landing spots for him. It doesn't. But the Miami Dolphins, a team that's already gotten himself in trouble and forfeited a first-round draft pick for tampering for Brady, it seems like that's a place where there's a little bit of uncertainty with the incumbent quarterbacks. You're not sold on Tua because he can't stay healthy. Teddy Bridgewater has proven to be unreliable because he can't stay healthy as the backup. And does anybody think Skylar Thompson is the answer? No. No. So, I mean, Tom Brady does make a lot of sense, especially with the weapons and the offensive line that the Dolphins have put in place over the last couple of years. You already lost a first-round pick over it. You might as well go get him. Exactly. It's only going to cost you cash. Yep. Why not make that move? I I think if you're the Miami Dolphins, it's a move you have to make. Yeah. And uh, sorry for Tua, but that's just – if you have a chance to get Tom Brady, you go and you do that with all of those kind of weapons that he has. Is there any chance – that you would expect to see him – no, I shouldn't say that. Is there any chance he ends up somewhere else? San Francisco, the Raiders, Tennessee would be the three places that would come to your mind immediately. Well, here's the thing about San Francisco, man. I, I mean, you, you've gotten this far down the road with Brock Purdy. I think another win, if Brock Purdy gets this team to the Super Bowl, or if they lose in a close game in Philadelphia and Purdy plays well, he's probably going to be your QB1 going into next year. Yeah. He's probably going to be your guy. So I I don't know if that's going to be the place. The Las Vegas Raiders, they don't seem like that's a team that's close to competing for a championship. It just doesn't feel that way. I don't think they are. Yeah. And I I think especially on the the defensive side. I get the Josh McDaniel connection. I just – that's fine. That you can have Devontae Adams, all that. Yeah. Why aren't the Raiders going to win? Because their defense is not good. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans don't feel like they have enough weaponry around it. I mean, sure, they have a really good head coach, a top-five head coach, and there's the obvious connection between Brady and Vrabel. Um, but I just – I don't know, man. It just feels like the Miami Dolphins – make the most sense. The Miami Dolphins feel like the answer to the question. And I want to shut the door on this, just so our friends in New England just understand. Just because Bill O'Brien is back, Tom Brady is not coming back. No, they're not bringing a band back. Guys, it's not happening. Dream all you want for your storybook ending. It's over. Get over it. Move on. They are trying to fix Mac Jones or save Mac Jones by bringing in Bill O'Brien. They are not trying to bring Tom Brady back. And the last place that Tom Brady wants to end his career is in New England. Yeah. The last place. That's not happening. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Maybe he ends up in Green Bay. Stop yourself. (laughs) Well, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in Green Bay. And the namesake of this show is making it very clear where he wants Aaron Rodgers to be. If Aaron Rodgers is 90% of what he was last year, I don't mean the one that just finished, but the one before where he didn't have a broken thumb and he still had Devontae Adams, and Garrett Wilson is that kind of special, and you rebuild that offensive line and you get some of those guys back, I don't think it is completely beyond reasonable to say Aaron Rodgers could make that a legitimate Super Bowl candidate. Now, there's a few things here. Okay. Number one, uh, according to Peter King in his column, that uh, the Packers are going to want at least two first-round picks back for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That's a lot, but I think somebody would do it. I think the Jets would do it. Two I think Woody Johnson draft would, picks. I, I think Woody Johnson would absolutely love the ability to have the back page every day with Aaron Rodgers. 
They would love it. I'm not saying that he wouldn't love it, but you're going to give up two first-round draft picks for a guy that you're probably going to have to go year-to-year with? Yeah. What kind of commitment is Aaron Rodgers going to give you beyond playing in 2023? He's not going to give you any kind of so commitment. So two first-round draft picks for that seems a little bit rich, no? It does seem a little bit rich. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just saying I would, if that is the, the price, I don't think it would preclude the Jets from doing it. And I get the sentiment. Aaron Rodgers with those weapons, frankly, if Brees Hall comes back healthy, Elijah Vera Tucker is healthy and plays at that same level at guard, mm-hmm. uh, they continue, they draft another tackle, they put themselves uh, in a position to be even better offensively, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be among the best fits for Aaron Rodgers. Now, having said that, the Jets won't win with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing that I was thinking about. If you're going to give up two first-round draft picks for Aaron Rodgers, why wouldn't you just give up three for Lamar Jackson if he's available for trade? You, you I mean, should. you're not, you're not going to know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers until June. Dan Graziano said this is going to have to be a post-June 1 trade proposition. So by that point, you'll know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Well, here's the question. Is Lamar Jackson going to want to play for the Jets? Aaron Rodgers could- I can I can give him a quarter of a billion dollars – Mm-hmm. and guarantee all of it, that'll be enough reasons for Lamar Jackson to want to come run with me. So in other words, I would have to talk to Lamar and say, we'll make it happen, whatever we need to do, kind of like the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Yeah. We and if you're the you Jets, why not want. go that route with yeah. a 26-year-old MVP I quarterback would. rather than going for a quarterback that just finished his age 39 season? I would. I absolutely would. I don't, I don't know if Baltimore— here's the, other th- here's the other thing we don't know about Aaron Rodgers, Carlin, and this is the choir part, but I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud. Just how good is Aaron Rodgers now? I, no, I agree. He's going to be 40 years old. I agree. Chris, it's a few different things. Aaron Rodgers will come here, be a consistent distraction. Is he going to show up to OTAs, start to work with his new receivers? Maybe. Maybe he will. But— Aaron Rodgers will not come to the Jets. They might make the playoffs. They may be better. They won't win a championship with Aaron Rodgers. We have to stop assigning Tom Brady longevity and productivity to every single quarterback. Tom Brady is an outlier. Quarterbacks usually don't play well once they're in their 40s. Don't think about Tom Brady. Okay, he Aaron Rodgers ain't Tom Brady a lot in of terms us, of his offseason commitment mm-hmm. and in terms of his intangibles. But, now, what, but other, what, what's everybody going to blame right now? They're going to blame the fact that he doesn't have other receivers and he can't possibly have gotten worse last year. That may not be the case. It, it may be the case that he did get worse last year. But here's the other part. Does Aaron Rodgers even want to go down that road and go into the New York Jets? Does Aaron Rodgers want to follow the same career path that we saw Brett Favre follow once upon a time? And I get it, people saying that it's nonsensical because the Jets are, are, are a logical landing spot. Here's the thing. The last three years, Aaron Rodgers has literally done everything to avoid ending up like Brett Favre. So why would he want to put himself in the same position that Brett Favre ended up at the end of his career? Why? Look. Why? The only thing I could say is he'd be able to, in his own mind, maybe he'd get something done that Favre couldn't get done. Aaron Rodgers, situation tri- Aaron Rodgers is all about dictating the terms of his football mortality. Yeah. That's what it's been all about. I just have a hard time seeing him do the same thing Brett Favre did at the end of his career. Listen, if Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets, it obviously immediately makes them better. But the drama and all of it around him is not worth it, and they will not contend for a championship. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. 
Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.